This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G, which means it's safe for families and folks of all ages. Enjoy. How do I? I'll skip ahead a bit. No, I can't skip ahead. All, all right, everybody, into the time machine. No, 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 no! You don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return us to the present is fade my voice out like this and cue the organist. And you see, here we are. Wait a minute. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, I must inform you that this is Episode 9, and since we're in the month of December 2019, it's our holiday special. Woo! My name is Pete. This is Paul. And I'm Jane. The purpose of our show is to present specific episodes of our favorite old-time radio series, episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series, or as one of those favorite episodes that fans of old radio like to quote in Facebook groups. We'll open each episode by introducing the selection and then describe it briefly, and then we'll play it for you. Then we'll come back at the end of the selection and discuss it at length, each of us giving our opinions of its merit, its performances, or anything else that stands out for us. And that's exactly what we're presenting to you, just our opinions on whether or not it's worthy of a place in every old-time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us, and in fact, we may not agree with each other. But we do hope you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more. Now, normally, each of us three will take turns selecting a show for discussion. But for the past two installments, we've been entertaining listener suggestions. Last month's choice was one such suggestion from our essential listener... um, um, What's uh, What's that gal's name? Oh, Mm. Melissa. Aha. There we go. Inside joke inserted here. And that was an episode of the Burns and Allen show, in case you didn't hear it. This month, in honor of the holidays, we get back to our regular rotation, and that means it's Pete's turn. So, what do you got for us, Pete? My selection for our very first holiday show is, appropriately, one of the annual holiday episodes from the Bing Crosby radio show, regardless of a sponsor. This one is from 1950 when he was sponsored by Chesterfield Cigarettes and features not only his first wife, Dixie Lee Crosby, but also his four sons from that marriage, Gary, Philip, Lindsay, and Dennis. And they all get their moment in the spotlight as singers, either with dad or as a solo. In addition to his decades as a popular vocalist and the many popular films he starred in, Bing Crosby was a fixture on radio for more than 20 years, being sponsored by Kraft Foods, Philco Radios, or Chesterfield Cigarettes, among others. His programs were always musical in nature, with lots of comedy and usually a guest star or two to sing and joke along with Crosby. The annual Christmas episode unfailingly began with Bing singing the carol Adeste Fidelis in Latin, followed by an invitation to the audience to join in singing the English version and, quote, in the family key, unquote. Now, as you listen, you may notice that the family key is nearly an octave higher than Bing's own comfort zone, but I think he keeps up pretty well. And so, without further delay, we present 
the Christmas episode from 1950 and the Bing Crosby Chesterfield show. Chesterfield. <laughs> Light up another one. <laughs> And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency, get comfortable, and listen.
Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it's time, folks, to present our first guest of the evening, a young man with whom I'm associated, uh, shall we say, in a business way, and uh, also socially, too. Uh, Mr. Gary Crosby. Would you take a bow, Gary? Thanks, Dad. Gary, John Scott... Trotter and Tom Adair have come up with a flashy new arrangement of that old song of Jingle Bells with parts for you and me and rhythm. Have you got your part there? Yeah. I did. I've been studying. Got it done? Yeah. That'd be a good opener, don't you think, for you and I? Let's got to get rolling? Sure. Hmm. Say, Dad, by the way, how did our record of uh, Sam's song and Simple Melody go? Oh, it went very big. Haven't you heard? Sold over 200 copies. Mm, that's wonderful. <laughs> hey. Isn't that grand? And will you be happy? Well, how about getting on with Jingle Bells, huh? I'm ready. Okay. Chesterfield Christmas Carton of 200 milder Chesterfields 
is not only an ideal Christmas gift, but the best Christmas gift for every smoker. And the gift every smoker will appreciate. Those who have always smoked Chesterfields and those who will enjoy Chesterfields for the first time. Once they open them, smell them, and smoke them, they'll always be satisfied Chesterfield smokers. Yes, that's it, Bing. Folks, open a pack of Chesterfields. Give them a smell, then you'll smoke them. Just make your next pack Chesterfields, then open it and enjoy that milder, mellow Chesterfield aroma. Compared with the brand you've been smoking, and your nose will tell you the difference between Chesterfields and other cigarettes. Friends, tobaccos that smell milder smoke milder. Tobacco men have been saying that for generations. You smoke them, and you'll find Chesterfields are milder, and they leave no unpleasant aftertaste. Yes, the country's first and only cigarette taste panel confirmed this fact. Chesterfield is the only cigarette in which members of the panel found no unpleasant aftertaste. So make your next pack Chesterfield and prove for yourself it's the best cigarette for you to smoke. Chesterfield, Chesterfield, always win first place. The finer mild tobacco never leaves an aftertaste. So open the pack, give them a smell, and you smoke them. If Ken Carpenter will set the scene, I'd like to move along. I'd like to move you along with it. In fancy, that is. To Christmas Eve, 1950. Ladies and gentlemen, we now take you to the Crosby home in Beverly Hills, California. It's Christmas Eve, and we find Bing and Gary engaged in a discussion of great importance. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the bells. Gee, Dad, why do you have to go through this every year? Never mind. Never mind giving me any beef. Just hand me those red pants. <laughs> Dad, why do you insist on playing Santa Claus? What are you trying to prove? Gary, you're a big boy now. You're grown up. You're sophisticated. You're worldly. We've lost you. <laughs> Not your little brothers. Why, I wouldn't think of not playing Santa Claus for them. They love it. Wonderful to see their little faces light up with amazement and happy surprise when I bounce into the room. It could be acting, you know. Oh. I admit I don't convince you anymore, Gary, but your younger brothers are not wise to me yet. And as long as I can make their little eyes dance with glee, I'm gone. Oh, Okay. But I still can't understand why parents insist upon stifling their kids' mental development at this time of the year. <laughs> Don't argue with Papa Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. That's all I can tell you. You're liable to wind up with an empty stocking. Now, come here. Put, uh, put my beard on me, if you please, huh? Yes, sir. There you are. <laughs> the beard doesn't go up there. Pull it down over my chin. Trying to make your disguise more convincing. My God. <laughs> well, I'm all set. Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. Santa has to have a big fat tummy. Hand me those two pillows. I'll stuff them in my coat. Uh, I think you can get by with just one pillow over the shed. There's no comments. Nick's cracking. Just shove those pillows in my coat. Yes. There. That does it. That's, uh, that's Santa's coming, all right? Well, if those pillowcases spring a leak, we're sure going to have a white Christmas around here. Come on, let's not think in terms of disaster. Here's the plan, Gary. Here's what I want you to do. You go out in the living room. You get everyone assembled, see? Then I'll sneak out around the house. I'll come in the living room window with my bag of presents. Why don't you come down the chimney like you always do? Oh, 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 oh. Last year I got stuck, you know. 
That was the biggest laugh you ever got. Well, I didn't laugh. Are we going to sing Christmas carols tonight, Dad? We certainly are, right after we distribute the presents. Now, while everybody's putting their gifts under the tree, I'll sneak out, change my clothes, then we'll go out and we'll sing for our friends. You know, like no, I right. do for friends and the neighbors. Mm. I'd better go to the living room now and soften everybody up for your entrance. Good, do that, will you? And Gary, when I come in the window, I do wish that you'd work up just a little enthusiasm, a little surprise, huh? Oh, don't worry. My little eyes will just dance with glee. <laughs> I may even fall into a faint. Now, don't. <laughs> Try to win the Academy. Don't overdo it. <laughs> oh, Nick. Oh. Twins. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. What, uh, what are you fellas doing in here? Oh, just snooping around. Hey, who's the guy in the red suit? That's Santa Claus, you dumbbell. <laughs> Why, I'll bet these are the twins, little Dennis and little Phyllis. Hey, he knows this, Bill. I was just asking Gary if you fellas had been good little boys this year. You didn't squeal, did you, simple melody? <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, I was just telling Santa what dear, sweet little children you were. You can go by what this boy says, Santa. He's very reliable. Now, come on, fellas. Let's go in the other room. Goodbye, Santa. See you later, I Oh, hope. yes, 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 indeed. Goodbye, Santa. Bye, Mr. Claus. It's been a pleasure. Bye, boys. Bye. It's been nice seeing you. <laughs> Gee, Santa Claus is certainly a wonderful man, isn't he? Yeah, pop his tops. <laughs> what do you mean, pop? That was Santa Claus. Oh, Gary, let's act our age, shall we? Oh, you guys are wise all the time, huh? Sure, but if he wants to put on that old hot suit and wear that itchy old beard... <laughs> so fine with me. Let him live a little. <laughs> sure. sure, we can stand it if he can. Well, don't say anything in front of Lenny. Hey, where is Lynn? Over there in front of the fireplace, waiting for Santa. Well, he better turn his chair around and face the window. Santa's making a different entrance this year. <laughs> Hi, Hi, man. Hi, gang. Gee, I wish Santa Claus would hurry up. I'm a nervous wreck. Me too. Me too. Lynn, we're going out to sing Christmas songs in a few minutes. Where are your stockings? I took them off and hung them on the mantel. <laughs> I'm certainly glad we have only one hillbilly in the family. <laughs> Just shake a little more fetches tight in your beautiful blonde wavy hair and don't worry about me. Now, now, boys, it's Christmas Eve. We don't want Santa to catch us in the middle of a brawl. Hi, Mom. Hi, Hi Mom. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, boys. Well, you lads look fairly presentable to greet St. Nick. You look real beautiful, too, Mom. Thank you, Lynn. And may I inquire why you aren't wearing stockings? I hung them on the mantel. Well, you skip right upstairs and get another pair. Oh, Mom, I don't need stockings. Honestly, you're getting to be more like your father every day. <laughs> I favor Dad, too. In the vocal department, of course. You know, Gary, sometimes I wish Sam's songs had never been written. <laughs> I think Mom seems just as good as Dad any day. Well, bless every single blonde, beautiful, wavy hair in the world. There's someone at the window. Wow, it's Santa Claus. Hooray. <laughs> Gosh, I think I'm going to faint. Steady, son. He's opening the window. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. 
Now, is this the Crosby house? Yes, sir. And are there four nice, big, strong, healthy boys here? Yes, sir. We're plenty strong. Well, then get over to the window and drag Sandy. <laughs> Everybody grab a hold and pull. All together now, pull. Easy now. Look out. There goes the window. (laughs) In you come, Santa. See here, which is which? Now there's Gary, there's Dennis and Philip, and this saw this little fella here. <laughs> Why, you're Lenny Crosby, as I recall. <laughs> and you're Big Crosby, as I recall. Good night, Irene. How'd you know it was me, Lenny? Your beard went up with the shade. (laughs) Look at it dangling up there. Shall I take it down, Mom? No, leave it there. Maybe some doves will nest in it. (laughs) What a tough time I had getting through that window. I like it better when you get stuck in the chimney. (laughs) I wish you boys would grow up so your poor father wouldn't have to go through this every year. No, I don't mind. I wouldn't miss being Santa for the world. Say, look, we got to get rolling. It's getting late. We got to go out and sing some Christmas carols. You remember? You boys want to run through your songs first, kind of chop no, no, up a little. We know those songs, Dad. Huh? You'd better rehearse, Gary. I don't want you kids running all over the neighborhood singing off key. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you lads gather around the piano now. Run through all your numbers. I'll go get the Hoover and vacuum up these feathers while you're rehearsing. I don't want you singing off key either. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Gary, a song called That Christmas Feeling.
we got that one in good shape. Now we got a song coming up here from Lindsay. Uh, what's what's your big number this year, Lynn? I'd like to hit Toronto Santa Claus. Well, you go right ahead and hit that ride. Care to join me? Well, thank you very much. Not at all. And time, glad to. <laughs> You grown up to sing a song like this. Hmm. You do, huh? Yes, we have girls listening in. <laughs> well, I'm sure your girls will understand that you're both sophisticated, experienced men of the world. Yes, sir. <laughs> On a Christmas Eve, a happy snowman stood and dreamed inside a cottage door. How the children love their friend the snowman. Now, 
Christmas Eve, and that's just about what's going to happen up at our house. You know, Bing, no matter what Something you kids like think, you make a mighty convincing Papa Santa Claus on the Chesterfield Christmas carton. Oh, Ken, that cheers me up a great deal. Well, I'm glad. And on the cover of Quick Magazine, out tomorrow, there's a picture of you and a caption reading, Bing plays Papa Santa. You know, Ken, I think the Chesterfield people and Quick and everybody, they're very nice to make me Papa Santa Claus this year, but there's just one thing wrong. What's that? All my mail's going to the North Pole. <laughs> How are you going to get your mail back? I made a deal with Bob Hope. Oh? Next time he passes through there, he's going to pick it up for me. Uh, Robert goes to the North Pole quite often, doesn't he? He goes everywhere quite often. <laughs> Incidentally, Ken, I'm sending Bob two cartons of Chesterfields for Christmas this year. Two? What's mm-hmm. the idea of that? Well, one is for him to smoke, and the other is for him to change the tag on and send it back to me. Oh. <laughs> that way you're sure of a wonderful gift. You bet, Ken. And to you folks listening in, Chesterfield's Christmas carton makes a wonderful gift for every smoker. Tuck a carton in the old man's stocking. Lay in a supply for the milkman, the mailman, for just about everyone on your Christmas list. That's right, friends. This year's Christmas carton of Chesterfield's is the greatest of them all. It says, best of cheer and best of smoking as only a Chesterfield Christmas carton can say it. It stars Bing Crosby as Papa Santa Claus, and it's complete from Santa's sleigh to the red-nosed reindeer. This year, give Crosby for Christmas. Give cartons of Chesterfield. (laughs) Order or not today at your favorite cigarette dealer. And now a word to the whole Chesterfield family. All of our 1,100,000 retail dealers, our 600,000 wholesale distributors, Merry Christmas to each one of you. I hope we've helped you sell more Chesterfields throughout the year.
program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood. That was an episode of the Bing Crosby Chesterfield Show, specifically the Christmas episode, and it was originally broadcast in December 1950 on CBS. Now, Pete, since this was your selection, why don't you go ahead and go first? And what was your opinion of this episode? Well, I love this one. I used to own a copy of this show on cassette. You remember cassettes? And I listened to it many times over the years. Bing is in his prime. He's really giving it all he's got with lots of energy and his voice. Both speaking and singing is just tops. I love the banter he has with all of his sons, especially at the beginning with Gary when he's getting into the Santa suit. <laughs> the whole scene is just one laugh after another. And when Gary pokes fun at Bing with lines like, I think you can get by with just one pillow this year. It's plain to see that he was a natural comedian like his dad. And really not a bad singer at all. In fact, I think Gary and Lindsay had real singing and performing talent. Philip and Dennis were not bad, but the oldest and youngest Crosby boys had a natural skill for both comedy, I think, and singing. Overall, I'm amazed that they packed so many songs into a, a half-hour program, right? And still had time for commercials and dialogue. So for me, uh, well, this was a lot of fun. And just the perfect antidote for those holiday blues. Paul? Well, I feel kind of the same way you do. Uh, to me, 1950 was a little after World War II. All the boys were home. The economy is doing fantastic. Everybody wanted to enjoy themselves. After the Depression and World War II, they just wanted to enjoy themselves. And they wanted everything to be... Oh, kitschy, but even at that moment, they didn't call it kitschy. The, to them, it was just kind of familiar, interesting, and they, they wanted something that they felt like they were really a part of. And my thoughts about this show was this is one of those shows that you just want to, like, wrap yourself up in a big plaid wool blanket in front of the fireplace with a glass of spiked eggnog and just go nuts with it because i mean it is it's kind of like the epitome of that 50s flavor when everything was just kind of perfect in the world depending on who you were and it's when people think of flashbacks as oh the old days when you know things were great this is what they're talking about you know um everyone was in the world that they weave everyone was happy Everyone was enjoying themselves. Everybody was good to each other. I mean, it was what everybody kind of hoped for. And like you said, the dialogue was spot on. I just love the banter between Bing and his sons. They, they, they did it so well. You know, it's like, you got stuck in the chimney last year. Well, that was the most laughs you ever got. Yeah, I love that I mean, line. That was the biggest laugh you ever got. <laughs> it was it was just really well done, and it just made you just want to sit there and go, ah, because you felt like you were part of it. You were in the holidays. It was, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Jane? I enjoyed it, too. Again, another really good uh, slice of life episode i enjoyed it it and it, it's like paul said it, it it is kind of like an old blanket where it, it, an old comfortable blanket you wrap yourself up 
and it and and like take a trip quilt. back to the past. Yeah, Granny's blanket. But you know, on the flip side of that, um, as I listened, of course, knowing that, and it's not. To, to bash on Bing, but knowing that behind the scenes, it wasn't all that idyllic for the Crosby clan. Um, I'm not going to go into that here, but so that kind of takes a shine off. But if you just want to get into it and go, oh, this is what life must have been like in the 50s. And Bing Crosby was a cool guy and the, and the snappy banter with the four boys. And it was fun. And you almost feel like you don't even really have to listen to it that much because for those of us uh, who've grown up watching Bing Crosby on television in the 60s uh, and that 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 homey feel good kind of Andy Williams uh, thing with the whole family uh, is fun. And it is it's, it's a nice trip back. And also, too, at this holiday season, this is one of those episodes that I I wish I could call my mom. Uh, and maybe not just the episode itself, but just call my mother or my dad and say, hey, did you guys listen to Bing Crosby back in the day? Yeah. And for those of you who do have the uh, option to talk to your, your your parents, your grandparents, any family member, you know, it, getting around the table at, at, at Christmas time, holiday time, you know, say, hey, did you ever listen to any of those old shows? Did you listen to the Christmas shows? What did they mean to you? And I think that's a, a very good uh, way to kind of go into it, this episode and just, you know, talking about old time radio with your family and say, hey, did you had, did you give this a listen? And I wish I could do that. Um, but I, I, I liked that. It was very fun, and and I loved the music, of course. The songs were wonderful. Bing Crosby, there's no other crooner quite like Bing Crosby, and that was just a nice, wonderful uh, touch. And I was very impressed with Lindsay uh, being the youngest Crosby boy. I thought he has a beautiful voice, and it was fun to listen to him. And, and Gary, of course, had a beautiful voice, too. And so I liked it. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, I, I agree with you on the singers. Bing and Gary had done a number of songs together, you know, and they discussed it on the show. How did our uh, Simple Mettler's Sam song or whatever come up? Um, and he said, sold almost 200 copies. You know, he made a joke about it. But they sounded great together. Uh, I mean, Bing singing the slow line and Gary singing the peppy line. And, and it's just that counterpoint in the song when they did the Jingle Bells, uh, the new Jingle Bells version. Uh, that was a kind of a riff on uh, two songs that they had done together uh, that had been big hits. One called Sam Song, which is mentioned a couple times, and one called Simple Melody. And uh, I think after the show, when I when I produce this, I'll I'll put those like snippets of those songs in at the end, so uh, our listeners can can hear and appreciate what we're talking about. But you know, one of the brothers said, "You didn't rat on us, did you, Simple Melody?" <laughs> That's what he's referring to. You know, the younger brother is 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 making fun of the older brother. You didn't rat on us, did you? Simple melody, which is just a hilarious line. And then I Dixie, had to hear it a couple of times before I caught them saying, "Did he say simple melody?" Yeah, yeah he did. Okay, yeah, he's talking about the song. And then, um, and then Dixie says later on, "Gary, I wish sometimes I wish Sam's song had never been written because he yeah. bragged because she says that to kind of bring him down after he." brags on himself and i love that 
not everything Dixie said was a comedy line, but she got a lot of laughs. And there was one that says, I don't want you boys going out singing off key. Yeah, running around <laughs> the, the block, off, singing, running off off the block singing off key. <laughs> yes. You mother. know, it's, what struck me is sometimes Dixie would be talking and I would think that it was one of the boys <laughs> because she, she had a, such a, she had a deep smoky voice. Yeah. <laughs> and it took, oh, that's not a teenage boy. That's Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> And she and she was definitely from the South, and and you could hear some of that uh, uh, Southern accent in Lindsay's voice. I think, especially, he had kind of a kind of a Southern accent in his in his voice, which he probably got uh, picked up from his mother. So that's great. Yeah. Anybody else? Any other comments? I must say, I was a little surprised. I mean, I'm sure there's a perfectly good reason for it. But I know he started it off with a Deste Fidelis. Uh-huh. I'm really surprised that he didn't finish it with White Christmas. No, he finished it with Silent Night, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had had so many years where White Christmas was, was a staple. But I think in, in – Maybe it was a show, copyright thing too. See, I was wondering that myself. It was, he couldn't do it for some reason. But I find that hard to believe that somebody would deny Bing. <laughs> True enough, but it, I think if you, you you can find a lot of other uh, years of Christmas shows where he probably does sing it, but maybe they didn't have time for it, and maybe they had to weigh the boys' songs against what he sang, and and so on. But you listen to it, uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, every year his Christmas show would start with him singing Adeste Fidelis, and not necessarily White Christmas. But I I I really didn't I didn't notice that. Uh, or, or didn't make it a point of thinking, why didn't he sing White Christmas? Okay, interesting. Bing, why oh, didn't little... you sing it, man? A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of trivia. <laughs> How many of you people uh, have seen the movie White Christmas? Me. Me. Mm-hmm. I know, my my wife and I, that is one of our annual things when it's finally the holiday season. Her and I make some homemade eggnog with some brandy in it and sit down and watch White Christmas. Might not make it to the end, depending on how much brandy's in the egg. <laughs> how wow. much eggnog you imbibe in, yeah. Yeah, That's but great. anyhow, there is, I don't know why I'm bringing this up. I just thought it was always kind of funny. Everyone thinks, you know, back in those days, you know, the old, uh, what was it, uh, Bill Clinton question, boxers or briefs. Everyone thought that the guys wore boxers. If you ever watch the scene where uh, Ping is kind of like yelling at Danny about, well, you know, if you, if you just quit picking on me and not trying to throw these women at me and everything and and they're utzing back and forth like that while uh bing is getting changed to go to the the station or something and he's you know taking his clothes off and you can just see him do it so overtly where he drops his drawers and he's actually wearing a pair of white tidy whiteies oh (laughs) and you can see him as he drops his drawers he's grabbing his undershirt hurrying up and pulling it down and getting behind the, the trunk, uh, right? Or chest. Yeah, he's, so, he's, yeah. He's, he's using the steamer trunk as a, as a shield. <laughs> right, and I just, for some reason, it always just stuck out as me. It's like, he's really trying to get behind it. Why is he trying to hide? Oh, 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 okay. He's, oh, all right. He didn't have the boxers on or something. I don't know what it was, but can't show underwear in this day and age. So I just thought it was funny. Yeah, that is funny. Good I, to I know. noticed that, too. I noticed that, too, when he was, when I first saw it. It's like, Bing is just really going for the modesty behind that trunk. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, that's good. I love that movie, but I, I do like the original, the, the earlier version. Not was not really an earlier version. It's uh, but holiday Inn. 
Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. Fred Astaire is wonderful. And and they feature White Christmas, but Holiday Inn has it so many other holidays in it and that's right. That's what is, is special about it. Um but but it's one of, it's the first movie where White Christmas appeared. Holiday Inn. Correct. Yeah. So shall we vote? Shall we? Yes. We shall, shall vote. We vote? What are we voting on, dear listener? As a reminder, we are voting on, one, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and two, whether or not it's a standalone show that belongs in every Radio Aficionado's collection. And again, Pete, since this was your selection, you go first. Why, thank you, Paul. That was very <laughs> sedate and, and calm. But I'm going to go like this and talk to you about it. Okay. Now, (laughs) if we're going to vote on just Christmas-themed programs, I would say this is absolutely representative of Bing's Christmas shows. I I think all three of us, um, and Jane mentioned this, all three of us remember the Bing Crosby Christmas TV specials that aired in the 70s. And there was always a lot of the same type of jokes and music in those. Although, I'm sorry to say... That his kids from his second marriage to Catherine Grant didn't inherit much of Bing's charm and talents. If you watched them, they really didn't sing very well, and they, they just sort of sat there like lumps. They had no. They were pretty. No, yeah, they were pretty. Bastages, uh, a bunch yeah. of bastages. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. Anyway, with the music and the patter and the comedy, this is definitely a fine example of the Bing Crosby show itself. And because it features his first family as performers, it's got historical value. So I think it's worthy of a place on any collector's shelf. And now to amplify a little more, Jane did mention this. Um, I don't want to bring anybody down, but Bing, in reality, was pretty hard on his sons. And their lives as, as adults weren't very pretty. Uh, you can look it up. That's all I'll say about that. Um, That's right. The kids from his second marriage got the older, nicer, kinder, gentler Bing for a father. And that's really all I have to say. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right, Graham. Jane, how about you? I, yes, I think that this is definitely something that um, belongs in your collection, your Christmas collection, your holiday collection. How could you not have a holiday collection without having uh, some of some of being uh, Crosby? I, I think it's a, a great representation of being Crosby's show, uh, showcasing the talents of his family. And I certainly would would say yes, by all means, put this one in your collection. It's a good one. All right. Ah. Uh, did Paul go? No. It's now Paul's yeah. okay. turn. I think it's, it is my turn. <laughs> not that I don't um, pay attention to you, Paul, but I just got lost track. <laughs> it's just that Paul is speaking so sedately okay. and calmly that it's hard to remember if he actually gave his opinion. <laughs> trying to be so cool, calm, and collected. and I am a married man, so I have no opinion. What does your wife think of this show? <laughs> I can either confirm or deny. You no, wait, that I did last that last time. week. <laughs> uh, she says it's good. She likes it a lot. And she's actually picked up several things that it's like until we started doing this show, she never really listened to old time radio. Uh-huh. And then after she listened to a couple of episodes of ours, she's like, mm-hmm. 
give it a try. So she's got a couple that she listens to now. So it, it is it has worn her down. <laughs> we have changed her way of thinking. Nice. We we have a convert. She is now one of us. <laughs> we'll have to okay. bring her in as a guest star one of these days. Oh, I well, don't go that far. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. Seriously, what do you think of this this episode? You give us oh. your opinion. We know you really have one. Oh no. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, no, I really do like this episode. So I'm going to vote a yes for it because the uh, like I was telling you about the whole well-worn blanket in front of the fireplace with the spike day. I mean, it's just so comfy and cozy and it, it just, you know, I guess maybe the the kids from the newer generation, it might not feel quite so comfy and cozy, but for all of us old timers who remember back then. Yeah, I really uh, like this one. This was wonderful. <laughs> and so get off my snow covered lawn. <laughs> Shovel that sidewalk, I'll give you a nickel. Oh, wow. And be thankful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a, uh, I mean, all that's missing is the smell of pine in your nose while you're listening to this thing. Maybe a little <laughs> incense in the background or something. And so Bing's pipes. Your, oh, Bing's your pipe, bingle yeah. was doing really good considering, you know, I think he might have been getting towards the end of his popularity train by 1950. I'm not sure how much longer he held on after that, where he was kind of like more on the peak, but I mean, it's still a very entertaining... He went until 1952 on the radio. So he had a good 20 years from 32 to 52, I think. Yes, see? I was close. Yes, yavol, yavol. But I mean, it's it's something that you'll listen to and you'll smile. You'll listen. Ah, yeah. You know, it helps to be as old as us, but you don't have to be to really enjoy the heck out of the thing. So, all you young kids, go download an episode of Bing Crosby's 1950 Christmas special. You won't regret it. Well, hopefully, they've already heard it. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Point. The other year. In case you weren't listening. (laughs) 1949. (laughs) Now, I have to let me interject here that thanks to Facebook, I've come into contact with a lot of younger people who have embraced old time radio as a viable uh, entertainment form. People in their 20s and 30s who just love it and found it somehow. And just now that some of them are experts, like there's one guy who loves Quiet Please, the, the series from the from the 40s that was a lot of uh, not really horror, but suspense and thrillers and some science fiction, just unusual stuff. It's, that's a wonderful, episode, wonderful series, which I hope to feature in a future episode. But uh, you're right. Younger people are picking up on old-time radio, and they are loving it. And so we encourage that a, a great deal. All right. So, yes, um, we do. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. Paul, you want to tally our vote for us? Um, oh, yes. Oh, and then, okay. And then the total would be three. <laughs> three, my lord. <laughs> Light up another Chesterfield, Pete. <laughs> Oh, that well, 
I forgot to mention that I love that Chesterfield commercial. <laughs> Open a pack, give them a smell. <laughs> give them a smell. I wrote that down. Oh, Open up pack, give them a smell. <laughs> the weird owl in me, the uh, the weird Al Yankovic in me immediately wants me to, to change that to like, open up pack, gee, how they smell. Who would smoke them? You can go to hell. Uh, open up pack, boy, how they smell. <laughs> so are we ready to move forward? Yeah, so yep. um, we had a vote where three, all three of us uh, agreed, which was nice. And it's nice that we all agree yes. at Christmas time. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, this brings us to the end of episode nine of Old Time Radio Essentials with Paul RBC, Pete Lutz, and me, Jane St. John. And next time, the cycle comes round to me again. And for the first number of 2020, I'm going to be bringing us an Abbott and Costello episode. It's uh, Abbott and Costello open a gas station. It's hey, from Abbott! <laughs> it's from uh, November 1945. My father used to, uh, after he got out of uh, aviation, he ran a, a service stations for many years. So it was like, okay, I have to hear this. And that's what we're going to be taking a listen to. It's going to be a fun romp. Great way to start off. 2020 in general. Bad boy. Bad boy. <laughs> well, excellent. Excellent. Very glad to hear that. Um, my experience with Abbott and Costello is uh, limited to one particular episode of the old time radio show and all, and a lot of movies. So I'll, I'm looking forward to that. So that's next month and next year on old time radio essentials. And we hope you'll join us for that. Paul, Jane, tell the masses what they need to know. Old Time Radio Essentials is a product of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. (laughs) Cut it out. I'm trying to be sedate here. Check us out at www.mutualaudionetwork.com or www.naradaradio.lipsyn.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes under Mutual Audio Network and or Narada Radio Company and on any podcatcher you may happen to use. We usually release a new installment on or about the third Sunday of every month. So make sure we get into your playlist. Thank you. (laughs) We're taking your pledges now. (laughs) The phones are lighting up. Good times. Um, If you want to be very nice, please leave us a review either on iTunes or on your podcatcher, if they have that capability. Um, You can also like us on Facebook at Mutual Audio Fans and at Narada Radio Company Fans and Friends and on Twitter at Essentials Old. If you want to suggest a future episode, and we would love that, uh, or if you want to let us know how you think we're doing, write us at F, 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 <laughs> one more time. Only one F. Or just you say more F. so many Fs, but it's only one. <laughs> I know. There's only one F. <laughs> so, so if you want to let us know how we're doing, uh, just drop us a line. F-bombs at bombs here. <sighs> one more time. 
at f6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number six, the word point, P-O-I-N-T, and the number three at gmail.com. And if you can figure all that out, put the word essentials in the subject line and we'll read it right away. Everybody loves my sweaty balls. <laughs> and now, sweaty Christmas balls. Couldn't get away with it. <laughs> it's Christmas time, so we have to bring back the sweaty balls. And now, thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to catch us next time on Old Time Radio Essentials. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <clears throat> Let me do that again. And now, thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to catch us next time on Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I would know if lunch was provided. Uh. See who catches that one. (laughs) Who are they talking about, that man over there? Who is he referring to? Look, the blood is pouring out of the hole of which I've just stabbed you with this knife that is in my hand. <laughs> it is a holly wreath covered knife, and I'm stabbing you for Christmas. <laughs> buried you with a stake of your own pudding through your What is it? Buried you with a stake of plum pudding through your heart. Yeah. it or figgy pudding? <laughs> I should be boiled in his own pudding with a, and, and, and buried with a stake of holly in his heart. That's it. Yet. I know okay. Christmas Carol. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. I'm going to eat dinner. Wakanooch. Wait a minute. Musical demons set your honey dreams and won't you play me some rag? Just change that classical lag like to some sweet, to beautiful drag. If you will play from a copy of a tomato's choppy, you'll get all my applause. And that is simply because I won't listen to rag. Now another treatment, this classic American theme, brought to you by Mr. Getty Crosby. Uh, here's a happy tune that'll bring you a smile all the while when you croon it, you're really in style. And, and the, the title, title is Samson. It's catchy as can be. With a sly little beat and the melody sweet keeps you tapping your feet. And, and the, the title, title is Samson. Nothing on your mind But the news of the day and the bills you must pay Keep your hair turning gray but you're still humming sad Are you all right? How's your brace? 63 Audio This is Mutual The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.